Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is, Christ our Lord. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise M. Walker, and I am the founder of Hope in Christ Ministries, and I welcome you back to the show. Here at Hope in Christ, we are healthy, overcomers, purpose, and maintain our eternal perspective in Christ Jesus as we seek our true identity in him. Let us open with a word of prayer, and then we'll begin today's show. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We magnify you, O God. We thank you, Lord, that you love us with an everlasting love. I pray that those that are listening to this broadcast, Father God, that they would know and they would seek the love that is only found in you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you remove the blinders, remove the stony places, and remove the blockage that they may hear and know what love is this that's only found in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise again here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise, and I am here once again with a devotional that has been on my heart or is on my heart And the title of it is, What Love Is This? What Love Is This? I wrote a devotional with this title some years back. I was preparing for a Bible study, and I was reading through one of Henry Blackaby's books called, and the title was called, Unaccountable. As I was reading the chapters, something stood out to me. He was explaining how God loves us and has called us. And see, what I couldn't receive and understand, I just didn't believe that God loved me. I couldn't receive it at first. I was reading that book with a broken heart. I had not really seen his love, and I couldn't understand why. He would call me when I had been rejected by others. A few days later, I went to Bible study, and my pastor at the time began to explain further that God has called all of us. As I cried, I said to her and everyone else, I cannot understand why he would want me when I was rejected. My pastor went on to encourage me and others in knowing that all that matters is what God says about us. Have you ever had that particular feeling? I encourage you to press in to the designer of your very being, and that's what we're going to talk about today. What love is this? He has many promises in his word that help us to understand his love. 
We are called by his name, and his love is everlasting. We are not alone, but loved by a great and awesome creator. And so I thought about, as I was thinking about the title to this devotional when I wrote it years ago, one of my favorite songs started playing in my spirit. And that was the song by Carrie Job entitled, What Love Is This? And so I began to search the word of God and even once again searching the word of God for scriptures on God's love for me. So today we're going to talk about a few of those scriptures and we're going to um, just really think about, I want you to think about what love is this. And when you think about the love of God, when Carrie when Job says, what love is this that you gave your life for me? What I said to myself, what love, what love is this that loves me unconditionally? What love is this that never has left me even when I thought he wasn't there? We're going to look at a few of those scriptures and realize that sometimes our pain, our struggles, rejection, fear, those things get us away from God. We move away from God, but he never left us. His love is everlasting. So I say to you, those that have lost faith, those that have never had faith, those that don't believe in God, because you placed your love, and I'm not in any way judging, but sometimes we place our love in the wrong things, or we place our love in, in temporal things, even in people. We place our love in our parents, and we they become our worship, like we begin to worship them, and we and and because we see the love in them, and we feel like we can't make it. But God is saying that I'm love. I am the love that you need. I'm the love that will never leave you. Not that our parents leave us purposely when they pass away. I struggled really bad with that when my father passed away. Not that they do it purposely, but it's temporal. Their time, our time is temporal. Things are temporal, but God is eternal. And many times we, those that, that begin to hate God or reject God or be angry with God or just say they never believed in a God, they're upset because they never knew the love. They never knew the love of God. We equated God with people. And that's what I did. I equated God with what people did or didn't do for me, uh, what people left me, what people mistreated me, what people said about me, what people were not there. I equated God with that. And so I began to believe that if they didn't, love me. Why do you, Lord? And so I cried a many tears, and I know there's somebody listening to this podcast that have cried a many tears saying, God, why do you love me? 
Or why did you allow that to happen? And we fail to re- we fail to accept or remember that we live in a fallen world, and God has given every person, not just us, a free will, and that we there's a there's good and there's evil in this world. And if God takes control, He has to take control of everything, including us. Then we no longer are have a free will. We no longer uh, have a freedom to choose him or choose to um, to know right from wrong or do right from wrong. We would no longer have that choice because we would then be robots. We would then be controlled by God. How then can we truly know love? And that that's what God gave me one day. How would you know love if you weren't able to choose it for yourself? Oftentimes we we choose altered love. We choose what looks like love, but it's not love at all. And so let's look. We're going to talk about a couple of the scriptures of how we know that the only love is the love of Christ, the true love. And we learn to love through Him. We learn to truly love through Him. What love is this? first scripture we're going to talk about is Isaiah 41 and 10. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I am your Elohim. I am the creator. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God says, Fear not. As he allowed individuals in scripture of the time to venture through life. And they ventured because, remember, we live in a fallen world. We live in, in just, in, in our times now, we live in perilous times. And so it may seem to be even worse. He says, fear not, for I am with you. It may not seem like, for me, it didn't seem like God was with me because of what people were doing to me or what I was experiencing. So I didn't feel like God was with me. And he said, for I'm your God. If you call out to me in the midst of trouble, he never says, and even in the scripture, he never says there won't be trouble in our lives. Oftentimes we assume that if God is God, then why won't he just stop it all? How will we know the difference between good and evil? How will we be able to walk and be overcomers? How will we know that he is a way maker, a miracle worker? How will we know that if we don't walk through something? So that's Isaiah 41 and 10. God says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. People, we, we, we want people to do that for us. We want people to uphold us, but they drop us. Why? Because they're broken. They drop us because they're broken. They can't give us what they don't have. And so God says, my righteous right hand will uphold you. And I will be with you. The next scripture 
that we're very, very familiar with. Everybody's familiar with John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. It doesn't say some people. It doesn't say you or him. It says whoever believes in him shall not perish but have an eternal life for God so loved from the beginning the world. God knew there were certain things that would take place in the world. He had a plan in place from the beginning. We we try to analyze, we try to philosophize God, and God is eternal and we are in the earth. We are spirit beings, yes. But we will never understand all of who God is. So we're going to move forward. Romans 5 and 8 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, how did that? How do we know that? We weren't even born yet. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ made a way for us to be redeemed unto him. He made a way for us to be set free. It's a redemption. I, I, I was looking at, I think it's a title of a book, but it's called Redemption Road. How will we know, truly know, all the great things about God if we haven't walked through it? If we don't have to walk through something? What love is this? What love is this? Romans 8, 35 and 39 was one that really got me when I read it because it made me understand that no matter what I've gone through, God loved me and still does. He loved me, he loves me, and he will always love me. So God is past, present, and future. Romans 8, 35 through 39 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That's a question, and it's a rhetorical question, because it's saying to us that no one can separate us from the love of Christ. It's, and then it goes on to give us some examples. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or the sword? All of these things tell us that we're not going to have it easy. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. Tribulation means that you're going to go through some things. And distress, when you're crying out to where you can't take it anymore, you can't do it on your own, you need some help. Persecution, when other people come up against you. Famine, when it is scarce, there's scarcity in the land. Nakedness, when you are without, you don't have much. 
danger or sword, when other you know, the evil one comes up against you, none of that can separate us from the love of Christ. He loves us with an everlasting love. He goes on to say, as it is written, for you, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So even when we pass on, God loves us. We choose our destiny. We choose... Do, can I can I say this? Do we realize that we reject love? We reject the love of God because we don't understand the sovereignty of God. We don't understand that, yes, the world goes on and things happen in the world, but God is still God. His love has never changed. His love has never changed. So, therefore, we reject the the love of God because of the sovereignty, the sovereignty of God. Yes, it happened, but the word says that all things work together for my good. Amen. Let's keep going. A few more scriptures. First John 4 and 16 says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. So not only is God showing us love or God loving us, but God himself is love. God himself is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. Whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in them. Amen. Just a few more. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, The Lord appeared to, to him from far off. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. I have loved you. That's the part I want to park right there. I have loved you with an everlasting love. God speaks to us. He appears and he speaks. He wants to speak to us. He wants us to know, yes, that thing happened. Yes, it hurts you. Yes, that pain happened, but I have loved you with an everlasting love. Will you accept my love? Will you continue to be angry with me because of that thing that took place, that person that took made a choice to hurt you? 
And the truth be told, at the time, I know for me, when our family members weren't weren't saved, there was no covering because there was no relationship with Christ. And so the prayers couldn't be there to cover. And so we have to think about those things as well. We have to pray. God gives us a choice. I just find that very amazing. People say God is a dictator. Some people, not all, but some people say God is this dictator. But I venture to disagree with that. Why? Because if he was, sin wouldn't even be an option. We wouldn't have an option to sin. We wouldn't have an option to choose God or not. Because a dictator makes you do what they want you to do. You're going to do it whether you want to do it or not. And so when we think about God, we should never think of him in the context of a dictator. Because he, remember, being all-powerful, all-knowing, he knows all things, but the word declares that his grace is sufficient. He shows grace upon us. I was studying about Apostle Paul the other day, and Apostle Paul said, in my ignorance, I persecuted, I killed Christians, those that had accepted Christ. He was persecuting people without realizing, wait a minute, this is the true God. Now, God could have destroyed him, but his grace is sufficient. And we seem to forget that the same God that created, that loves us, also loves Hitler also loves the ones who create who um, commit murder. We forget about that. No, they should die. The word tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God because sin we categorize. We categorize this is sin, this sin is bigger than that sin. So that sin goes over here, this sin goes over here, and this sin goes over here. In God's eyes, he's holy, he's righteous, he is the true and living God, and the standard begins with him. Therefore, sin is sin. And so we begin to categorize and say, well, maybe God needs to destroy them, but not me, because I only did just a little bit. I just nod a little bit. But in God's eyes, sin is sin. And he loves us in spite of just a little bit about me, as I as I said, with the scripture, Jeremiah 31 and 3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. In my pain, in my um, depression, in, my, in the state of mind that I was in, I would not accept love because I wouldn't accept the love of God. Because I felt like God was going to do the same thing that people did to me. I felt that God was going to leave me. I felt like God was going to hurt me. And so it was easier for me to not take it, not accept it, and not and feel like, wait a minute, what's, what's, what's it attached to? There's something attached to this. Because as soon as I don't do what God wants me to do, and for years 
I lived that way. For years, I I said, well, God is upset with me right now. I did this, and I didn't do this right, and I had to do this right. But we, we, we forget that's not how God operates. God, man operates like that. If we don't do something man wants or human being wants, and that broken human being would then be angry with us. That I, people would give me things and take it back. So I thought that God would take his love back from me. If he loved me, then t- tomorrow he probably won't because I'm going to do something to disappoint him. And somebody that's listening to this podcast feels the same way. God doesn't operate like that. He said, my love is everlasting. That means that it has always been there and will never die. It will never leave you. I'm not going to come and take it back from you. It's always there. It's always there. It will always be there. First John 4 and 19 says, we love because he first loved us. The only way, the only reason why we love people and we're able to love purely in Christ is because he first loved us. He showed us how to love. We, we, we didn't earn his love because we felt like we didn't deserve his love. We, we came to know his love, and therefore we were able to love people the way he had loved us and the way he continues to love us. So I say to you, the person that's listening, those that are listening to this podcast that were just like me, that shed the tears and you're shedding tears now, that feels like, no, I cannot give my love to God because he's going to take advantage of me. He's going to take away his love like everybody else did. He's going to reject me, and he's never going to be there again. He's going to only be there for a moment, and then again, then he's going to walk away from me. That's not God. That's people. That's people. And that's one of the reasons why we won't trust God with our whole heart. I I was the same way. I still struggle in that area. Because trusting God with my heart, my whole heart, means I have to give up. I have to surrender. I have to let go. I have to let go of what people said about me, what people did to me, what who didn't love me. Because can I help you? With the love of God, if you have God's love, that's all you need. He's going to send the people that love you truly. That's what he did for me. I began to, when I came to see what love really looks like, what love is this? What love truly looks like? When I came to recognize that, God began to show me in the people he sent in my life that haven't left, that stand beside me, that push me, that love on me, that correct me, just like God does. They don't abuse me. They don't beat me. They don't any of that. Why? Because I came to understand where it starts, where it begins. The standard of love begins with God. 
begins and ends with God. When a person doesn't love the way God loves, then they don't, they're not loving for real. They may be lusting after us. They may be taking advantage of us, but they are not loving the way God has called us. Never, not loving us the way God loves us and the way God shows love. And so I just wanted to take a moment to talk about what love is this. As Carrie Job said, that you gave your life for me. What love is this? And she goes on in the song to say, you're all I need. You're all I need. We're searching for love in broken people. We're searching for love in things. We're trying to fulfill our hearts. We're trying to fill our hearts up with things and broken people, and it's never going to be fulfilled. It's never going to be filled up because the only way that we're going to find true and pure love is we begin and end with God. Then he can show us who the people are that will love us for real. They won't be perfect as he's perfect, but he will show them how to love us. Amen? Sign of Scripture. Psalm 103 and 8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is merciful and he's gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. God doesn't get angry with us. He corrects us. He molds us. He shapes us. He molds us into who he has created us originally to be. He draws us to himself when we are drowning in sin. When we are drowning in sin, and that sin has yoked us, he yet draws us by his love. What love is this? Why don't you receive that love today? The love that once you encounter that love, you will never desire, or as Jesus said, you will never thirst again. Because you would then be filled. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your love. I pray, oh God, for the person that's listening to this broadcast. Father, I pray for healing, a deliverance, and be made whole in you. I pray that your love would surround them, that you would encircle them, Lord God. I pray that you would show them the dark crevices of their heart, and I pray that they will come broken just as they are. I pray that they would take the mask off, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, that they would remove the mask so that others will see their testimony of returning to the love of Christ. I pray that they will know that there is no other love greater. No greater love. 
and no more fulfillment. Nothing will ever fulfill them outside of the love of you. Father, I thank you for showing them your truth, surrounding them with your love. Thank you for the peace. I pray, Father God, that they will trust you to be vulnerable in your presence. I give you glory. Hallelujah. I give you honor. Glory to your name, O God. And I give you praise. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Everyone that has been abused. Everyone that has been abused, Father, in the name of Jesus, and that has put you in the place of that abuser, I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that they would surrender their hearts, their soul, their lives, and their spirit unto you. I thank you for it now, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. What love is this? It's the love of Christ. And when you receive that love, you'll never be the same. Have a phenomenal week.